I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. What do we do? He's been here once tonight. I think he'll come back. Welcome, citizens of Haddonfield, to Geek Salad episode 90, Fuck the Myers Family Tree. I'm Andy. I'm Mike. And today we're going to be talking all about the Halloween movie franchise, which celebrates its 35th anniversary today. Yes, it does. Not today, but this this, this year. year yeah. So uh, we're going to discuss a whole bunch of stuff about the murderous traits of one Mr. Michael uh, Stephen Myers. Actually, I believe it's Michael Elizabeth Myers. That sounds more likely, yeah. Yeah, that does sound more likely. Well, I, I, I'd, I'd want to kill somebody if uh, my little would too. Totally. So, and we have a little guest today. We have a special guest today. Um, little guest. Little guest, yes. It, most of our regulars could not make it today. We're kind of in a, um, we were kind of pressed for time to get this episode out because uh, Mike will be off to... Just Getting off to wonderful Disney World, sunny Florida next week. Yes, um, when I will be on vacation. It's just it was this was literally the only day we could do this. Yeah, but um, joining the panel for the first time is our friend Joe. Hello, how's everybody doing? So uh, Joe will be uh, adding in on this stuff now. Full disclosure: Joe and I have maybe seen combined maybe about an hour's worth of Halloween. If that, I've no. You know what? Actually, that's not true on my account. I have seen the first movie. I've seen. The Rob Zombie original, and I was terrified uh, by our our local bully Steve Bernie on the on the second one, <laughs> which is really why we need a gym for this. But whatever. Yeah. So, um, because if anybody can tell a Steve Bernie story, it's Jim. Oh, it's Jim. Oh, he would beat the Jesus out of us with, <laughs> and then make us apologize. With so a big old stick. <laughs> so let's start off with our uh, Twitter and Facebook feedback from our Geek Salad page. Uh, Mike, why don't you get started with that? All right. Just as I pull out a chip. I'm yeah, it's like, it. oh, you know what? It's only better when you put it in your mouth and then it's like, oh, oh yeah. bleh, bleh. crunch, crunch. <laughs> I had a customer today, by the way. I just put some ice in my mouth and I'm chewing. That's like, hey, where's the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, a little bit lit light on the feed, uh, Facebook feedback oh, for everybody. Oh, way. Here. I was expecting way more. You people disappoint me. 
But I got a uh, a post from my friend Lisa. She's a big horror fan, uh, and she came up with having seen most of the most of them at the show. I'm assuming she meant a movie theater. Yeah. For me, I always like going like how going with the originals. It touched on that scary point of sometimes evil just happens without reason. Granted, I wasn't too thrilled over the stupid cult of thorn crap that they tried to push. <laughs> cult in, of thorn. Oh, you'll we'll get to we'll get to it. And while I did like. The, uh, like Zombie's overall take on the remakes, I did feel a bit meh over the re- given over the giving reasons for Michael to turn out as he did. All right, fully agree with her. <laughs> fully agree. All right. Now, when I put this out on Facebook, I was asking that I wanted people to tell me what their favorite movie in the, in, in the series was, but I didn't want the movie that came out in 1978 or directed by John Carpenter or was actually good. Uh, my friend Pete misunderstood this whole thing and said, sorry, uh, we'll neglect your anti-John Carpenter reference. Recently saw Body Bags for the first time. Very good. Pete, I actually like John Carpenter a lot. Um, Big Trouble in Little China is one of the best movies of all time. Of all time, it's a fun movie. Yeah. yeah. It's got Jack Burton in it. Yeah, I understand that. I will, I, say, I will say it's one of Kurt Russell's best roles. Ever. It is. Yes, I will go with that. It's, it's a Kurt Russell movie more it so is. than a John Carpenter movie. Yeah. Um, all right, so that was really about it. Wow. Now, we're going to lay out the ground rules before our conversation today about Halloween. All right, here are the ground rules. Because we already know this is just go. This is like saying, you know that the first video on MTV with video killed the radio star by the Buggles, right? I didn't know that. Spoiler alert. All right, uh, so here are the rules. No mentioning that the mask is a William Shatner uh, mask painted. I think it's put inside out or just painted. I think it was just painted. Maybe put inside and painted. Okay, there will be no mentioning that John Carpenter wrote the the, the creepy, creepy theme. Um, need I mention that you're actually breaking every single rule by mentioning that they're in the rules? What? what? You're actually stating that we will never mention that Michael Myers. No, no, most- we can't break. This is like the uh, the the remember remember a couple episodes back when we were talking about Star Wars. Yeah. And Chris kept bringing up the the implied incest. Hmm. Of um, Luke and Leia, and it's like, like you know what? No, you can't. You can't call that on Empire Strikes Back. You didn't know that on Empire Strikes Back. So we just we won't return to this. Okay. There will be no discussion about how much the Atari games sucked because we all know how much the Atari twenty six hundred games sucked. And finally, there will be no mentioning that Jamie Lee Curtis might be a hermaphrodite. They made an Atari twenty six hundred game for. Halloween. Oh, it was awful. It, it is. They made they made one for that and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Remember, this is before they had video game ratings. Uh, oh yeah, or standards. Or standards. Yeah, exactly. Okay, what's that? I, I guess that's Michael Myers. I, I can't even tell. That's a tree. <laughs> I can totally tell that's a tree. What's that? Is that a puppy? <laughs> Kill the puppy. The tree is moving. Oh, no, it, it, Michael, Michael Myers just Myers. walked into the puppy to kill them. What the? Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, I get points for that? All right. Fuck you, Atari. <laughs> so, um, all right, now here's the big question. Roundtable. Is Michael Myers the best movie slasher, and why? Mm, no. No. All right, who are you going with, Joe? Who's, who's better than Michael Myers? I think, I have to say Freddy. I think Freddy is a lot scarier. Okay. Simply because... He comes at you at the moment where you think you're totally safe when you're sleeping. Okay. You're in a dream world. You think everything's hunky-dory. And all of a sudden, 
you get a, you get a knife through your heart, a knife glove through your heart. Uh, I don't know. I've had some dreams that he could not have made scarier. <laughs> Those are underlying issues that I, we don't need to get into. I feel that. I mean, the thing with Freddy Krueger is, I you know, Freddy Krueger is like the one movie, the big movie slashers I probably want to most have a drink with. <laughs> But the problem is, is that the puns would drive me goddamn nuts. Yeah, I'm done with that. And then I'd be like, wake me up! No! <laughs> That's why he's scary. Yeah, it, exactly. Because he's a pun machine. I actually, th- this week I was I was driving, and it, it seems like this is like my new thing to talk about on this show. The, uh, this, on Sirius XM, they have their 80s Top 40. Yeah. And every, you know, they'll, they'll, take, they'll pick a year, and then it's this week in 1988. Well, this week in 1988, the number 40 song in the land was Nightmare on My Street by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. And the end of that song really proved it to me that if there was a if there was a, a hostage standoff involving guns, Will Smith would completely use DJ Jazzy Jeff as a human shield. <laughs> And then, wa- you know, use him the way that Schwarzenegger used that, that dude with the backpack in Total Recall. <laughs> he used his son as a shield. What are you talking about? Are you kidding me? That son is the, 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 that kid is the next Will Smith. Ugh. Mark my words. <laughs> um, all right, Mike. For me, Michael Myers from Halloween, the, fir- the original Halloween, yes, he is the best slasher. All right. Michael Myers from Halloween 2 on? No. No, not so anymore. much. <laughs> all right. Because... What I feel makes him even scarier than, like, Freddy Krueger or Jason Voorhees is that he didn't have a reason for killing. He just went and he saw you, killed you, and then he walked, moved yeah. off. There was no re- I mean, Batman Elm Street, you had to be a, a kid growing up on Elm Street. Then he could be, you know, Freddy came after you. Jason, he had to be a camp counselor in at Camp Crystal Lake. Then he came out. There was no rhyme or reason for it, Mike Myers. And then they gave him the reason in, in Halloween 2. He only goes <laughs> after his, uh, his family members. And it's like, boom. There you go. Yep. I'm not related to him, so I'm safe. Yeah, exactly. I could wave to him in the middle of the hallway, walk right by him. He wouldn't sit, do it. He wouldn't yeah, but think of all those truckers that were jerking off in bathrooms that he happened to stab, though. You know? <laughs> you know, who hasn't thought about stabbing no, that's, jer- that? That is true. jerking off. Come on. <laughs> Are, are you are, are you reading sixty five and sexy? <laughs> you deserve to die. Yeah, you know what? I am gonna go with yes solely because, and again, this really goes into the first two movies. He is the prototype for every yeah. movie slasher known yeah. to man. He I, came. It came before Jason. But by I, by a good six years. What, what about Nor- uh, Norman? Hmm. You Norman, yeah, Norman, Norman, no. is the Norman was inspired slasher. by Ed Gein. All right. All right. No. No. Norman Bates is an interesting character. I'm glad you brought that up. He really only killed within the confines of the um, 
of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And even then, only women that he was attracted to. Women that he was attracted to or to save himself. But weren't you, wouldn't that make him more scary? Kind of, but he didn't have this insatiable bloodthirst that, like, Michael Myers has, you know? Um, I mean, yeah, sure, he wasn't nearly as inventive as Jason was. Oh, okay, oh, you're in a sleeping bag, okay. Sleeping bag, meet tree. Boom. Full so, of liquid nitrogen. Face so, in. Yeah. So with that said, who do you think is more iconic? Is it Jason or is it Michael? Because everybody you know knows what? Jason. Here's Jason. the thing with Jason. Jason is more iconic only because all you need to do is throw on a hockey go- goalie mask, and all of a sudden you're a friggin' serial killer. <laughs> I, was scared, right I, I was scared of Andy Moog for five years. <laughs> I'm still ta- uh, so scared it took a rock. <laughs> I'm still scared it took a rock, but that was only because, dude, seriously, you gave up all those goals. We had this series. Um... All right, now, regardless of the quality of the actual sequels, the stuff with the cults and the, you know, I'm only going to kill members of my family, is this the best of the slasher genre? Just in terms of film quality and just the whole... You know, I would actually say yes, because, I mean, however however much you hate the cult of thorn crap, we'll get into it, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there was actually a strict story continuity from... For, from 1 to 2 to 4 to 5 yep. to 6. All right. It was all one continuous story. Pretty much. Um, I think so because I think it, it innovated using the POV shot through the mask, mm. which is, you know, you, you didn't mm. see from that time period. And I don't really even think that either Jason or Freddy really picked that up as a... No. Uh, well, you, uh, you got that a little bit in, in Friday the 13th Part 1. Oh, yeah, okay. You did. Yeah, and that was, but that was with yeah, Mo- but that was with Mother Voorhees. You gotta remember, Friday, Friday the Thirteenth came after Halloween, so right. a lot of Halloween yeah. set a lot set up a lot of the tropes that you see in slasher mm. movies from then on. Yeah, and that was mainly because you didn't know who the killer was in part one. Yeah. After that, you knew who the killer was, and they never used it again. Right now, the other issue, the other thing too with with Halloween is it's still got the most memorable of theme the theme song. songs. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I-, I couldn't tell you what the theme song to you know like the theme music to. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street is Friday Thirteenth. Is... <sighs> oh, okay. Which is kind of similar. <laughs> kind of similar, yeah. And again, like, Nightmare on like, Elm Street. You again, know. like I said, it, it, Halloween set the standard, and everybody else followed afterwards. Yep. Yep. Very true. So, and then the the Nightmare on Elm Street is just he was burned up like a weenie, and his name is Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I smell if, hamburgers. If what? there is, if there was ever a more overrated rapper than Will Smith. I beg you. I know, hey. You know what? I know. I know you hate Family Guy, but all I can think of is that one scene where uh, uh, Will Smith is uh, doing a rap. Hey, oh, be nice to your girlfriend. <laughs> Pick up the dishes. I met, mentioned this like two years ago when we did our uh, Halloween playlist list. That every one of their songs has got the same pattern. Hey, getting jiggy with it, all right? Getting jiggy with it is a Will Smith. Solo collaboration. Yep. Sons. It wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, with the DJ Jazzy Jeff. So anyway, um, all right, let's move on to these movies, shall we? Let's go ahead. So let's start with uh, the, the Guest of Honor, 1978's Halloween, directed by John Carpenter. Um, The the best of the movies. Oh, obviously. obviously. You know what the funny thing about this movie is, and I, I didn't even realize this until, of course, I went to Wikipedia, which is never wrong. Never. Oh, no. Um, 
there is very little actual gore in this movie. Yeah. People get stabbed, but it's kind of like it just, eh, 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 and that's it. You see the blood coming down, but that's it. Right. Yeah. I think there was I think there was actually more screen time of PJ Souls' boobs than there was of actual, like, violence perpetrated on people. Which I did not mind at all. Yeah, well, that's, that's fine. There's nothing to complain about there. Now, that's true. Well, then again, you guys have never probably seen Rock and Roll High School. No. Yeah, no, it's... Th- th- that is kind of like air supply to boners, so... Um, it's gone. I mean, it sets up and it sets up all of these little tropes that we're used to. The virginal uh, hero. Yep. <clears throat> oh, no, no, no. Keep your penis away from me. Oh, darn, I it, Lori, I darn it, Laurie Strobe. I'm going to have sex with you one day. <laughs> you know... Forget abstinent-only sex education. Yeah. Just show a 12-year-old one of these movies, and they will be sworn off sex. Either that or going to be like, you know what? This is so good. It's you worth know, dying but for. But this is a sick thing, though, Joe. Because I remember, and we'll, we'll get into like some of the, the dates on some of these. Halloween 4 and 5. You and I were firmly ensconced in high school at that point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and other things in my mind. Yeah, between that between that and the, you know, the dawning of hair metal, this was the only way we were going to get any action at all. It's like, okay, well, we'll go listen to Whitesnake, maybe a little Striper, some uh, Trickster, and then we'll go see uh, Halloween 4, The Revenge of Michael Myers. <laughs> So yeah, let me let me put on my cut up my uh, my ripped up uh, jean jacket with my Metallica patches all over. It. Yep, exactly. God damn it, the late eighties sucked. I bet you Jim had one of those. Um, actually, no. Amazingly, he didn't. Wow, I'm he sad. had his Aussie shirt. I, I I'll, I'll never forget his Aussie shirt. But that was about it. But I we didn't actually go to high school with Jim. Oh really? Yeah, no. I grew up with Jim. I've known oh. Jim all my life, but. He, Joe and I we went lived, yeah, we went to high school oh, together. We just lived in different towns. Okay, fair enough. But, yeah, um, all right, back to Halloween. Well, first of all, okay, you've got possibly the greatest awful character actor of all time, Donald Pleasance. He's nice. He's pleasant, you know. Well, he's pleasant, <laughs> yes, exactly. The problem is, bad. he's coming in as the good guy, and it's like, I need to tell you these awful things that... <laughs> It's sort of like you're trying to make Igor sympathetic. Oh, exactly. <laughs> he just kind of comes in with his bug eyes and his bald head. Probably reeks of cigarettes and bourbon. Just like, I, just, I just, tried to save Michael one day. <laughs> what? <laughs> he just came off with a cannonball run set. <laughs> he just kind of like, I tried to save Michael. Ah! <laughs> he just finished up with the Puma Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's pronounced Puma, not Puma. <laughs> Uh, oh, there's our MST reference. There we go. All right, Miracle of Cocaine, Zach Efron, Arby's. Continue, Michael. <laughs> um, he, oh, he was kind of like the, the Van Helsing of this movie. He kind of was. Yeah, you know, he knew everything, and it was kind of up to him to stop the He knew everything except for one thing. Aim six inches higher. <laughs> He's a stormtrooper. Yeah, pretty much. He's a secret stormtrooper. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, there, there isn't a whole lot. We, we've talked about this movie countless times I, I, on this. I love how, I guess in the script, it was never just like Michael Myers is standing just behind a tree. It's always The Shape. The Shape, yeah. And that that's was, what that's they referred to him as. That was his urban legend name, The Shape. That was That's great because you know, it gives this whole more mysticism around it. It's just, he's, he's not a person. He's just this force of evil. Right, exactly. And when you look at him, I mean, the whole, you know, like the, the like the paint 
yeah. the pager's closed and the mask, and he really is just nothing but an emotionless brick wall. Yeah. There's nothing behind those eyes. He's nothing at all. So, all right, well, that takes us to Halloween 2, which was released in 1981, three years later, and takes place on the same night as Halloween 1. Just a couple hours really? later. Yeah, literally, yeah. A movie named Halloween taking place on Halloween night. Wow. Amazing, I know, I know. That's, like, really the only thing that they've done well with these movies, especially going forward, they all take place on Halloween night. Yeah, actually, um, you know, as, as, as a comic book guy who loves continuity... I love that aspect. <laughs> I love that about the movie. No, I'm I'm a diehard Friday the 13th movie fan, but if you actually read, um, no, follow the storyline. Friday the 13th uh, part like three takes place on Saturday, and part four takes place on Sunday. No. <laughs> the next is you know what? it's a good, it's a good thing internet forums didn't exist back then. Oh yeah. Oh god. Hey, listen. But the rage and the hate would be unbelievable. Wait a minute. In 1978 Halloween, it was, like, raining that day in Illinois. Thank you very much. <laughs> Worst movie ever. <laughs> right, now, Halloween 2 is, is the first time I ever actually saw a Halloween movie because we had just got to HBO. Um, we were young and stupid and could out we could outlast our parents in terms of being able to stay up late. Yep. Parents are down. Oh, okay, sleep overnight. Let's go downstairs and watch that. We made the mistake, Jim and I, one night of I was sit, staying at Jim's house, and oh, parents are asleep. Let's go watch some HBO. <laughs> yeah, my, my sister tried to pull that off one day, but since they didn't let me stay up and watch it with them, I told them. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I would be a dick. All right, way, way to go, snitchy snitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're, we're watching that, right. and the lights were going on, and he had to have seen that the lights were on. <laughs> Sitting there looking, and we just, you know, watching this t- this TV on Jim's big, like, Jim had this TV that was, like, encased in wood. <laughs> you know? I remember those things. Yeah, I do, too. I had one. And we're just, you know, like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And um, Steve Bernie, the, the guy who had tormented us for years and years and years, um, <clears throat> lived across the street, saw the lights were on, came to check it out. Noticed what we were watching, went back, got his Michael Myers mask, put it on. And, you know, Jim and I are like nine, we're nine to ten about at this point. And we're just, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? We just hear like this little tap, tap, tap on the glass and we turn around and like just <laughs> empty all of the excrement and urine that is in our bodies. <laughs> Oh, God. Why did you guys hang out with this jerk? We had really no choice. <laughs> we were too stupid to understand that, hey, you know what? There's two of us. We don't need a third. One of him. <laughs> Damn it. Why won't this come to us till high school? Which it did. Um, I mean, Halloween 2 is a serviceable sequel. Yeah. I mean, follow the story. They added in plot lines that they didn't really need. Yeah. It was more of Michael Myers killing more people. This was a little more gory. I think this is the first time I can I can recall seeing someone's throat getting slit. Now, yeah. did, jo- did John Carpenter? He did direct- not direct this one. In- see, yeah, see, when the original was director the moves on, he produced it. Yeah, and it, he has received a credit on all of these because he created the character. Yeah. Rick Rosenthal is the director. He also ended up directing Halloween Resurrection. Um, twenty seven or eight. Oh, good lord. Okay, that's six, seven, eight. Okay. Yeah. That's, oh, that, that's, that's an Academy-worthy career right there. That's the one where they were all in, like, the, the the house doing, like, with webcams or stuff, right? I believe LL Cool J was in it. 
That could be wrong. I think Katie Sackhoff was in that one, too. Was she? I was believe she? so. Wow. Is this, before B- is this before BSG? Or I got it right Oh, yeah. I got it right here. All right. All right. So that was... Uh, all right. We should probably look up Resurrection afterwards, even though I just pressed it. Let's see. Katie Sackhoff. Yeah. Tyra Banks is in it, too. And, oh, Buster Rhymes is the, uh, the, oh, the black guy who dies first in it. Yeah, LL Cool J was too busy doing Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> which is a by far underrated movie, all right? I love that movie. <laughs> Smart Sharks. Of course it was. Yeah, of course. All right, so, anything else about Halloween 2 before we move on? Um, they blew up a hospital. Oh, they did blow up a hospital. And, you know... And everyone that was in it survived. Loomis, yeah. <laughs> Loomis nobly sacrificed himself to kill Michael Myers. The end. And he does it. And it turns out that he didn't kill Michael Myers, nor did he sacrifice himself. himself exactly. But we'll get to that. <laughs> to move on to the um, the black sheep of the Halloween family. I've never seen this one. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Now, uh, Mike C., who could not be with us today, actually pulled the Mike G, an early Mike G and sent us an audio clip. So let's listen to Mike's defense of Season of the Witch. Hey guys, this is Mike. Sorry I couldn't be there. So I want to get my thoughts on Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, or the redhead stepchild of the whole series. First off, this is definitely one movie that everyone hates for pretty much the main reason. No Michael Myers or Dr. Loomis. I definitely agree with this, because Friday the 13th, they always stuck with Jason and never wavered from that character or Crystal Lake. But if that's the only reason for hating this movie, then people never really gave it a chance. The idea of the second film, since Michael Myers and Loomis were pretty much blown up and burned to a crisp, was to create an anthology series. I personally like this idea due to the fact that they constantly rehash Michael Myers, then it pretty much makes it a Jason clone. And it also can make the franchise stale, which I think in some cases it did, but I digress. The third movie took a very bold chance, and I think overall wasn't a bad try. Keep in mind, this is a horror film. It's not an Oscar movie. Hell, it was called Season of the Witch, and there's no witches in it. The one thing I didn't like were the henchmen that were super androids. I thought that was a little over the top. But the silver shamrock masks, and what they did when you heard that creepy music on the TV, was definitely frightening. The concept was that the man who created the company wanted to bring back Halloween to its religious roots, so the movie caters to Halloween pretty well. For 1982, the synthesized music had some creepy moments, too. But this movie actually shows a kid being killed when he wore a mask. Personally, I think that took some serious guts, particularly in that time period. Seeing bugs and snakes come out was pretty scary if you were a young kid watching this. I will say that it should not be counted as part of the Halloween franchise, because yes, it has no connection. But I think if you get past the Michael Myers criticism, it's a pretty creepy B-movie classic that should at least be appreciated for what it is and not for the what, and not the franchise was based off of. Guys, again, sorry I couldn't be there. I'll try to be there for the next one. Take it easy. Okay, so now with so all that said, it's, it's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like the hop. What is it? Troll, troll three. Kind of is like two. yeah, it's like troll two. It, it's completely standalone, and there's no troll in it. It's true. Here's the thing with Halloween 3, okay? I understand. This was meant to be an anthology of horror stories that take place at Halloween, which totally makes sense that they gave up after this one. 
Well, here's what Mike doesn't mention. First of all, those are the three shittiest masks I've ever seen. All right. I'm going to be a skull. I'm going to be a pumpkin. I'm going to be a witch. Fuck that. I was Wolverine that year, you know? <laughs> and I was that year, by the way. My mother made me a very nice costume. Um, Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It, if you actually read the plot line of this movie, which I'd be more than happy to do, thank you, Wikipedia. Uh, let me pull this up real quick, because, oh boy. <laughs> it essentially just means that the guy... Pulling it up right now. Uh, personally, I've always felt that this movie was just an excuse to have that Silver Shamrock commercial song. Oh my god. Awful. <laughs> Um, yeah, so essentially, it, it, essentially, it's, it's, it's your urban paranoia thing. Um, Cochran reveals his plan to kill children on Halloween night. The Silver Shamrock trademark on the mask contains a computer chip containing a fragment of Stonehenge. When the Silver Shamrock television commercial airs on Halloween night, the chip will activate killing the wearer and unleashing a lethal swarm of insects and snakes, killing those around the wearer. Cochran explains his plan is to resurrect macabre aspects of Gaelic festival, uh, Samhain, which he connects to witchcraft. Cockering, cockering, cockering! <laughs> now here's the thing, the sick thing with this. Okay, that sounded really sick. That's like me actually describing what the plot of, of Die Hard is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Die Hard's an awesome movie, but if you actually tell somebody what the plot of that movie is, like, that is the stupidest that is a fucking stupid. thing you've ever said. That's like me Why trying, would I want to watch that? That's like me trying to describe any plot line from any anime series. Right, exactly. What that? Seriously? Giant robots? <laughs> Tentacles? What are, what are you talking wait, about? Wait, wait a second. Now, now, it's a boy that turns into a girl if splashed with hot, cold water. Of course Ramna it is. Yeah. See? Of course it Ramna, which I always think is Ramen, and then I get hungry for noodles. <laughs> salty, salty noodles. <laughs> um, Yeah, this, I, I just, Mike is right. This is this movie actually had the balls to kill a kid on screen. Mm. But it's just, you know, first of all, the, the lead actor in this is so, like, horribly late 70s, like, TV star oh. actor. With the porn stash? With the porn stash, exactly. It's like Lee Horsley was not available to do this, so they picked this dude, <laughs> whose name was... What? Tom what? Atkins. Oh, I was, kind of, I was so hoping it would be Clue Gulliger. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Oh, if only, if only. Now, now, I'm reading on Wikipedia, it's saying science fiction horror film. I'm slightly put off by that a little bit. Well, it, it, well again, it's it's because it's computer chips from Stonehenge. Oh, for the love of, okay. And then there's the androids. Yeah. Oh, that, I, I, yeah. You know, I, I love that, we, well, first of all, we still don't even have operational androids now, and it's, you know, 30 years later. Oh, yeah. All right, I want to know who the writer of Popular Science said that shit, and I want him here now. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Where are my flying cars? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like Back to the Future. And by the way, you don't want flying cars. Well, we still got two more years. <laughs> we still have two years, but let's look at it this way. When was the last time you drove somewhere where you swore at somebody in front of you? Have you been uh, on 495? Today? today? Okay. Do you want that person flying? No. There you go. Case closed, well, actually, Your Honor. Yes. 
As long as I, he's flying somewhere far away from me, because odds are good he will crash. <laughs> you never know about that, though. All right, and um, all right, that brings us to the first return of Michael Myers, in fact called Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers, back in 1988. There was a six-year gap between these movies. Well, because after, after number three, no one thought that they were going to make another one. Because it's like, oh, well... That's true. and That, that grand experience failed. Well, um, and this is also... Freddy was already on, like, the fourth movie. Wait, what movie? What, what year was this? It's 88. So... Oh, yeah. No, so Fre- no Freddy wasn't out that point. I think those... Freddy came out in 84. Freddy came out in 84, but they were already past the Dream Warriors at this point. I was a freshman in high school when Dream Warriors came out. That really? was, like, three, yeah. <clears throat> I think this was, like, Freddy's something or other... Jason, they had come with at least Well, Jason, and this is another reason why I like the Halloween movies, is that outside of a couple of of instances, they weren't one on top of another every year. Yeah. I mean, oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, there was a a Friday the 13th every goddamn year. Yeah. Early summer. Mm -hmm. Always early summer. Nightmare on Elm Street was the same thing every goddamn year. They cost, like, you know, a ham sandwich to make. Pretty much. Um, but yes, and the return of Michael Myers, where, yes, you're right, Loomis is inept at a lot of things. <laughs> he, he can't counsel the murder out of this seven-foot stone beast, nor can he properly blow himself up, <laughs> or said stone beast. <laughs> but they explained it away that he was in a coma. Right. Um, I will say, the, uh, the young actress in this one, the, like, the main act, uh, Jamie. Yep. She was actually a really good actress. I, I her her scenes were actually very watchable. What has she done since? Um, she was did four or five, and I think she appeared in six. Okay. Um, I don't know what she's done since though. She was. Yeah, I'm sure I could find that out for you in just one second. I just had to go back to um, Wikipedia here. But of course, they had to bring in that. Ooh, she's the. Child of um, Laurie Strode. Laurie yep. Strode, yes. Because he's got to kill his family and, yes. and nobody else. Um, yeah, the weird thing about this movie is this is one of these movies that kind of ends with her taking over the Michael Myers mantle. Yeah. And then them completely forgetting about it in the next movie. But it's like, it's like you know, you take over and, and then everyone realized, wait, that's a stupid idea. <laughs> It's kind of like um what what was it uh Friday Thirteenth Part Five where they had like an, an like a weird killer and then at the end it had like um uh what's his name um Corey, Loomis no no Friday Thirteenth uh um Corey Feldman's character yeah don't even ask me I I don't even but know. it looked like he was ready to take over and then along came six and they're like yeah fuck that let's bring him back Jason <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um. Yeah, it's like they were they were getting ready to start this whole thing over again just without Michael Myers because apparently they killed him. Yeah. Again, no shoot him in the head. I mean, how much do bullets cost? Um. Not Ever fired a gun, Joe? Pen, pen, pennies know? on pennies on the dollar. Pennies on the dollar. Exactly. Okay. Seriously, you leave one in the chamber. Why? Just finish the goddamn job. It's not that hard. These are law enforcement agents. Actually, I think, um, I think in either, I think five they drop them down a um, mine shaft. No, four is the mine shaft because then a kindly old hermit finds him and he's in another coma for another oh, right, year. Yeah. Um, and then you know he kills 
Oh, oh, Halloween. Said, said kind of the old hermit is dead. Yes, exactly, because, you know, dick. Oh, yeah, no, in 5, he would... Uh, Michael Myers end, is a dick to hermits. In the end, five, in, uh, 5, he vanished and Jamie vanished. Right. Because they were kidnapped by the Cult of Thorn. <laughs> well, let's, let's... Shall we go into the Cult of Thorn now? Yes, it's it's uh, number 5, which we're going into right now. Okay. The Cult of Thorn is apparently... Like, here they kind of try, tried to connect it to part 3. Because the Cult of Thorn is this... <laughs> cult of druids that use like the power of this weird tree to bring Michael Myers back to life and have him be like invincible and it's like the the line is going to it's due to his like family tree or something like that somewhere there's a shark looking up going dude you jumped me (laughs) (laughs) pretty much yeah um yeah Oh my god. Seriously, at this point right now, they've given up on trying any sense with this thing. They've already turned him into Jason Voorhees. Yeah. You know, oh, we killed him. And then again. Part six takes place like a while later, but apparently, like, they made Michael Myers in the, and his, his niece have another child huh? for some reason. Oh, so incest. We're introducing yeah, incest yeah, now. Yeah, right. incest in that. And. and I, I honestly, I don't think I ever really saw six. Six was a tough one because six had a decent opening weekend, even though it opened up against seven, which is one of the greatest horror films ever made. I've never seen seven, seven? because oh, it was I, gruesome. Wait, I, I, I wouldn't say seven is a horror film. More well, it's a psychological thriller. Suspense, psychological. Thriller. All right, seven was you way can... too gruesome for me. Oh, I love oh, seven. No oh. I, I'm not big on gore, and that's, well, what that's the thing. I don't think it was, I don't think seven was gory. No, but there were a few things in, in Seven that were very unsettling. It's not gory at all, but it is unsettling. unsettling yeah, yes. I, yeah. I, I don't like those either. And it, you, right. ha- you have to say that the ending had one of the best twist endings ever. Oh, of course. Ever of course. Movie. Anything better than M. Night Shyamalan could come up with. Well, of course. I mean, my, my, my issue is that every time I'm at work and we get a FedEx delivery, I go, What's in the box? What's in the box? And nobody gets, no! The, nobody no! gets the joke at all. Assholes. Awkward moments. Yeah. All right, so... work. Next up is number six, The Curse of Michael Myers from 1995. Yeah. This was the first movie to, um, delivered by Dimension Films. Oh, yeah. Which is the Weinstein's horror division. Yeah. Um, Paul Rudd is in this movie. Really? Yes. Pre, pre, when does he get pre, Pre-John... Uh, 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 Pre-John Apatow, Yeah. He well, I have a theory about Paul Rudd that he makes every movie he's in infinitely better. I haven't seen this movie, so I don't know if that actually holds this, true. This is one of few I haven't seen. This is the forgotten Halloween movie. This and Resurrection, I think, are the two big forgotten Halloween movies. This, this, well, is, you know, this is the one that brought in the incest. But you know, yeah. By this time, by 1995, it, the, the genre has been so played out. It's like everybody's so desensitized. It's like, eh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've all, I mean, they already, you know, we already had the final nightmare. We've already right. had like, you know. Freddy's new nightmare. I mean, they were they were already beginning to reboot this stuff, and right. this was just kind of a last throw at the original thing. So, um, Paul Rudd actually plays Tommy Doyle, the kid that was being babysat. Oh, that's right, yeah. You know, when Laurie was being terrified. And Laurie saved him in that one. Right, exactly. 1995, and he's being babysat? No, he, no, no, no. He, he, was, was, he was, in 1978, he was being babysat. Oh, oh that's yeah, right. Now yeah. he's a... He's I was going to say... I know I'm old, but... Joe, now he's a grown-ass man yeah. in, uh, you know, 1995 with his puffy shirts and his, uh, you know, giant cell phone and... Yeah. <laughs> Fruitopia. Fruitopia. Me love me some Fruitopia. I haven't had Fruitopia since the, <laughs> the late... <laughs> <laughs> 
Back when Jeff Goldblum was king of movies. Wow. wow. Yeah, I know. That I went there. That's a, that's a fact. Dude. I went there. That was a scary year. Yeah, and this whole thing is just another yeah. one of these things where you think that Michael is dead, but this is actually um, Donald Pleasant's last appearance. As, he died after this. He, I think he died during. It might have just been one of those things where they just had some dude, you know, hey, shave your head, look really, really creepy, but try to help somebody. <laughs> but I'm a foot taller than Donald Pleasant. It doesn't matter. If it was good for Ed Wood, it would Exactly. <laughs> just put your overcoat in front of your face. <laughs> then lurk them. Um... And then, yeah, according to Wikipedia, uh, uh, Loomis tells the group to go on without them because he has a little business to attend to. Back inside the building, Michael's mask is found laying on the floor in the lab room as the screams of Dr. Loomis can be heard in the background. So they finally killed Dr. Loomis. About friggin' time. Well, yes. Well, actually, old age was going to catch up with Donald Pleasant. Old age and cigarettes were going to catch up with him anyway, so... And they did. 20 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is one of these movies, I, I almost remember this more for just kind of like lingering in the 1495 bin at Suncoast yeah. than anything else. Dimension used to release their, their movies when they would go to sell through at 15 bucks, and it was like, hey, check out our new assortment of movies. We've got Halloween Resurrection, we got Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, we've got Celtic Pride with Daniel Stern in it. <laughs> Oh my yeah. god, I forgot that was a movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Damon Wayans plays a uh, Boston Celtic. Cry, now. I'm going to have to head on to like, AMC and see if they air like all these movies. Actually, I think they are. Uh, no, or they're... AMC is doing something where they're having like this big horror thing. They always do. Every, every, every Halloween. But it's like, I think what they're doing is they, they took a bet as to, hey, can we air the worst of, the, of these franchises? So we'll probably get... Actually, we'll probably get the Revenge of Michael Myers. Oh. You know, for the for the Halloween entry, we'll probably get Jason Takes New York. Um, which one of the shitty Hellraisers? Oh, anything besides one and two are the shitty Hellraisers. Hmm. Wasn't there, wasn't there one where it was Hellraiser in space? It was Hellraiser in space. Everybody, but you know, and here's another reason what why you got to respect Michael Myers. Never went to fucking space. Neither did Freddy Krueger. That well, that's true. Unless he's an astronaut from Elm Street. How's mm. your tang now? <laughs> that didn't even tangy. make any sense. Yes, yeah. tangy, tangy. <laughs> that didn't even make any sense. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh come on! Can't <laughs> kill me with a good pun. What the hell? <laughs> You've given up, Freddy Krueger. You <laughs> sold us out. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Alright, so now we get on to the first throws of a reboot. 1998. Halloween. H2O. 20 years a later. Continuation. Huh? It was a continuation. Alright, I'm going to get to that. Here's the thing about H2O. Honestly, it is that is one of the coolest sequel names yes. ever. Except it was Halloween H2O. Halloween H2O, yeah. Halloween, Halloween 20. Halloween Water. Right. Meh. Uh. Um, yeah, okay, so it is a continuation, but yeah. what they did was they didn't kill Laurie Strode. It's an alternate reality. It's like Marvel. It is like if Watu the Watcher... They faked her death. If Watu the Watcher is just standing on the moon going, in another in another alternate reality of which I have viewed, which I have, I have sworn not to interfere in... <laughs> Laurie Strode, 
This hermaphroditic or, virgin and lived. <laughs> or for you DC fanboys, the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Or why don't we just say everything from DC? Well, yeah, because... Really? I mean, come on. New 52. Continuity? What's that? that, that is Infinite true, cause, Crisis. Because this, this movie did kind of completely ignore 4, 5, and 6. Well, then maybe that's for the best. That's like super, This is like the Superman Returns of the Halloween movies, where okay. it completely ignores the inferior sequels. Okay, that's doable. Wow, that is really sad. That I, man, that's a positive. That's a compliment. Wow, I use Superman returns as a compliment. As a compliment. That's, that's my, that took effort. Where's my parade? Hold on. I this, this movie was super uh, Superman returns again. It was okay. <laughs> um, I remember they made a big deal out of this movie primarily because Scream had come out the year before. Ooh. Scream, which completely revitalized the slasher genre yeah. and turned it into. You know, get a whole bunch of actual name actors. And in this case, name actors being Dawson's Creek's Michelle Williams, who would go on to do nothing else except get three Oscar nominations and, you know, sire a child with Heath Ledger. And then be she, Heath Ledger's poor widow. Actually, they were broken up by the time he was, died. Yeah, there was never a widow. Right, she was never, yeah, exactly. But, you know, poor, you know, poor baby mama. Yeah. Um, again, I mean, it's got LL Cool J in it. How bad could it be? Was this one LL Cool J? I believe it was. Let me... Yep. Uh, you know what? Listen, listen to this list. Jamie Lee Curtis, LL Cool J, Josh Hartnett, Michelle Williams, Janet yeah. Lee, yep. oh, and Adam that. Arkin. That's right, John, I, mean, that's, I mean, that's big name. That's Josh big Hartnett name played, um, played Lois Schroed's son because she was like... She she was like a teacher or like something at this like private school that... Michael Myers hunted him, hunted her down to. All right, that uh, this is as much like well, I remember. I remember the marketing for the movie because they made such a big deal about Jamie Lee Curtis coming being back, back yeah. in the Halloween franchise. Like because by this time, I mean she was really she was a really big yeah, A list star. This was right after that um, True Lies. Yes, right yeah. after True yeah, Lies. Yeah, that was like four years. That was four years before. She gets a good nine years in between hits. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah but um. But she, I mean, she was still considered like an A-list. She was a actress. recognizable star at this point, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, it, right. so it kind of gave the movie legitimacy. It's like Jamie Lee Curtis is... is coming back to to Halloween. And no, she doesn't have a gambling problem. And no, you don't see her cans again. Ah. You'll, you'll thank us because she's really old now. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, it really. I let's see how much money this movie made because it had everything going for it. It had a lot of publicity. It had, you know, its its original star was coming back. This, you pull that up for me, uh, Joe? Yeah, I yeah. mean, this was what? It was, five it was years made after. on a budget of $17 million and made $55 million. Which is actually really, really respectable for, yeah. you know. Although, how much how much do you think they sank into, like, uh, advertising? Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's, that's, that's the rule. Three times what the budget is is your, your actual cost. So, so you're, still making, you're still making about a right. $1 million. And not to mention, profit. too. Home video on this thing was probably huge, just like Scream was. Yeah. And the thing is, Dimension put it out, which was the same company that put out Scream. Right. So, I mean, so, it had a lot going for it. They could cross-advertise uh, cross yeah. It says there. for video and DVD rentals, the film grossed over $21 million. Wow. Just from DVD and rental. And, uh, that's, that's insane. That's pure profit, right? Yeah, there. exactly. That's a license to print money. Yeah. However, uh, the next movie, which came out um, four years later... Halloween Resurrection. Yep, again with Jamie Lee Curtis and a whole bunch of other meat. <laughs> she 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 kind of pulled off a uh, scraggly look in this one. Yeah, I think she had to. Yeah, you know after being terrorized yet again. Um, 
I, I really even forgot this movie existed. The only thing to note about this movie, it was the return of director Rick Rosenthal, who directed Halloween 2. Yeah. And you, you, know, you know how they can tell they're trying to take these movies seriously? They get rid of the numbers. <laughs> this isn't Halloween 8. No. They start using subtitles. Exactly. It's your resurrection. Of what? Of what? Oh, yes, I forgot. The cult and the immortality thing. And I'll fuck all no, of you. No, no, that was in 4, 5, and 6. Which they that's true, that's true, that's order. true. Yes, they Superman Returns that. Yes. Oh, my God. Cool. We, we've come you up just, with something. You just coined, coined a new new phrase. Oh, my God. We, we've used... In the course of this episode, we view Superman Returns as a noun, an adjective, and a verb. I'm going to bathe in champagne tonight. That is Hell so yeah! awesome. All right. Um, I Again, this is one of these things. I forgot this movie existed. Hmm. And I was good. This is back in 2002. I had so much disposable income. It was like, I'm renting an apartment. I don't have to pay any utilities. Autumn and I would go to a movie every goddamn week. I don't have kids. Right. I don't have kids. I don't. I have no responsibility in this world. I take my girlfriend out. We have nice dinners. We go on vacations. We go to movies every week. We paid movie money to see the clumps. Um, but I have not seen. Yeah, I know. Wow. I'm you not going have disposable income. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not bragging. <laughs> this was another one of those scream, scream type movies where they were trying to almost be a parody of themselves. Yeah. yeah, and that's the problem is when they try to out clever themselves. Like they throw in a whole bunch of like inside jokes. Like maybe the the dude who played you know the deputy in one of the first movies who didn't get killed shows up. You know, yeah, you know, walking a dog or something. Hi, Laurie. Yeah, this one took place in the Michael Myers house. There was like a bunch of college students for a class. They had to try and spend the night there, and they were recording themselves, and therefore they were being recorded, being killed off. You know what? When I win the lottery, I have a lot of plans for that money already. Like, the second I buy it, I am seriously going to go to a car lot and say, I want that, give it to me now. Nice. And then I'm going to buy a Tesla, just because. <laughs> um, Those actually are not that expensive. Are you kidding me? They're $100,000. Their cheapest model is, I think, the Model S. It's like eighty grand. No, no, no. I I looked it up not too long ago. A base model Tesla is only about thirty thousand. I kid you not. I looked it up. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that you know, essentially, that that's using the coconut technology that the professor used on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> yeah, you you um, to look it up. No, honestly, I, there's a Tesla place in my mall. Really? And they're not allowed to sell anything. It's just like a showroom. And oh. I sat in that thing, and I'm like, I'm in love. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's it. But here's what I'm going to do when I get a little older and crazier, because I will lose my mind when I win the lottery. Cool. I am going to charge a whole bunch of kids to spend the night in a you know a creepy mansion. But I don't know what I'm going to do yet. But maybe – hey, you know what? Maybe that's when I hire Charlie Daniels. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll make them go into pit fights, and he'll just play the fiddle the entire time. <laughs> Devil came down to Georgia. No, all right, that's what I'll do. I'll buy an abandoned mansion and hold Fight Club in my basement. Even better, yeah. You, I mean, there, there's got to be a ton of empty mills around here that you can no. do that with. Oh, there's plenty of abandoned factories. Are you kidding me? I got it. You just get an abandoned factory, make sure all the lights don't work, and just have like, give everybody little flashlights, have Christopher walking, rocking around, just say, hello. Hello. <laughs> or better yet, just hide. You know, I'll, I'll pay all my friends like 50 bucks. All right, whenever anybody walks in the room, you have to go, is it safe? <laughs> Hello? Is it safe? <laughs> is anybody in there? Is it safe? <laughs> yeah, it's safe. Is it safe? <laughs> All right, so now, we're done with the original continuity. Completely. Yep. Including the revisionist history. The Superman returns in. 
I am I'm so are, proud of myself right on, now. You're on fire. This is our this is our best episode because I'm actually like, oh wow, all right. Now um, we gotta find out a way to work it into an adverb. You bastard. You're you're, you're making me remember grammar. This is not right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm the grammar wizard. <laughs> no, you're the grammar Nazi. I'm a mathlete. All right. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to the Rob Zombie reboot. So, you know, I gotta say, I actually really enjoyed the first Halloween thing. It wasn't it wasn't your typical Rob Zombie, you know, filthy hillbilly horror movie. You know, where you know, the witch of the woods is coming out there and she's got like fifteen teeth and is a meth addict as well and And she's got like uh twenty twenty inbred cousins that are all gonna eat you. Oh exactly. Meet my boys. <laughs> <laughs> And then all of a sudden, wasn't that the plot of a Chevy Chase movie? And then all of a sudden, Astro Creep starts playing. <laughs> um, it was actually really good. I thought Michael McDowell as Loomis was perfect casting. These eyes will deceive you. They will destroy you. They will take from you your innocence. Your pride, and eventually your soul. These eyes do not see what you and I see. Behind these eyes, one finds only blackness, the absence of light. These are the eyes of a psychopath. Michael was created. By a perfect alignment of interior and exterior factors gone violently wrong. A perfect storm, if you will. Thus creating a psychopath that knows no boundaries and has no boundaries. He didn't have the bug eyes. No, he didn't have the bug eyes. But Michael McDowell was, again, one of these guys that if he were just coming... If he was walking up to me in a dark alley and offering me a cheeseburger, I'd probably still take a shot at him. <laughs> Just cold cock him out of nowhere. <laughs> Hello, Andy. I brought bacon with it. <laughs> Would you like a cheeseburger? I just bought it from McDonald's. <laughs> Die! Seriously, you're overreacting. I am not! <laughs> Did you um, see my movie? I was in Wing Commander. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, a Wing Commander reference. Right. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> it's apropos of nothing with the show, but I made a Wing Commander, and I was just so, so proud when I make a Wing Commander reference. Yeah. It, it's a feeling you have right now. Yeah. Um, we were talking about Ender's Game. <laughs> and my friend, my, my buddy Steve, who uh, posts at at8cod on Twitter, was... Um, like, what do you think of it? It's like, I'm getting this distinct Wing Commander vibe from the whole thing. He's like, I do too! <laughs> and then I get another response, Wing Commander! <laughs> yeah, um... I feel almost as good as when I can make a Yoda reference and not feel self-conscious about it. Yeah, okay, well, I, Which is, you know, I, I, I know the people who work in your store. They, they have no right making you feel self-conscious about that. Yeah, most of them don't understand yeah. what you're referring to. Douche nozzles. The awkward moment when you make a Star Wars reference at work and nobody understands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Excuse me? 
Excuse me? What? what? I just said these weren't the droids I was looking for. And they look kind of they look at you kind of weird when you do the hand motion. These are not the droids you're looking for. Excuse you know me? what? I still do that at the grocery store with the automated doors. It's like you got the carriage. And my wife just looks at me and is like, Yeah. Why? <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. I do. Why did I give you two too. children? I just walk up and snap, and it opens. <laughs> Actually, you know what you should be able to do? If you can get around it, punch it like Fonzie, and have it open up. All right, um, right, let's get back on track here. <laughs> Amazingly, we are now officially running long. Um, Longer than I thought we would. Yeah. All right, Halloween 2. Anyone actually seen it? No. I don't. I haven't actually seen it either. What was I was the plot of it. Was that like a remake of Halloween Two? No, it? no, it wasn't. And that's what just because I, I think Jim saw it with uh, Jay, his brother-in-law, and he said it's you know that's what you go in expecting. It's almost like you're going in expecting it to happen on the same night and be just a full remake of Halloween Two, which is considered one of the better. You know, it is the best sequel out of all of them. Yeah. Nah. What was the plot of it? Um, I'll pull that up for you. Because I have, I have no clue. I mean, I saw the commercials, but I have no clue what the hell this movie was about. Um, plot. In a short flashback. Eh, blah, 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 blah. That's a long summary. It's a long summary, but I think what happens is, is that there's a psychological bond between Michael and Lori. Oh, and now okay. he has to try to kill her. Again? Yep. Oh. Um, and it ends up uh, seeing transitions with Lori in isolation in a psychiatric ward, grinning as a vision of Deborah dressed in white stands with a white horse at the end of her room. That is totally a Rob Zombie thing. Yeah. So basically, it's trying to do what um, Halloween 4 did and turn the victim into it, the killer. Exactly. That, uh, zombie, sorry, it never works out. Has Rob Zombie directed anything else since then? Uh, I, Lords of Salem. Okay. Oh yeah. And really, that's the only thing I was directed. I just, I still remember. Um, not Hospital Thousand Corpses. What's the one with? Um, Did he do Texas Chainsaw Massacre the remake? Or no. no, no, he didn't. Because that seems like a kind of Rob Zombie thing that he would. I'm pulling it up. Uh, you got faster. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, there he is. Filthy Haverhill, Massachusetts. I still that still blows me away. <laughs> Have you been to Haverhill? I have actually not been to Haverhill. Then that's all you need to know. Yeah, all right. House of a Thousand Corpses was... Oh, it was The Devil's Rejects. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, Lords of Salem, which I think is a sequel to um, the uh, Devil's Rejects. Well, Devil's Rejects was a sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses. All right. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right, it is. There's like a whole bunch of crap in here that... It was any anything since uh, since Halloween two? Yeah, a bunch. Um, he directed an episode of CSI Miami. Wow. He directed Tom Papa live in New York City. He directed The Lords of Salem. Huh. And um, Broad Street Bullies Project, which is coming out in 2015. So now he's kind of doing arty flicks. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, wow. this I, I'm not familiar with the Lords of Salem. It came out this um oh it came out last year. Okay, wait or did it? Came no, out April nineteenth of this year. Okay. Yep, no memory whatsoever. I got nothing. All right, it really isn't making good radio. Let's move on. 
So good discussion on Halloween, considering, you know, we, we managed to pull an hour out of this. And, Joe, you've never seen any of these movies. I know. Huh? There we go. All right. Sadly, Jim's not here. So there will be no Michael McDonald moment. I really tried to get a Christopher Cross moment going, but I really came up with nothing. Michael McDonald can look at everyone with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> then, then Michael Myers used the chef's knife. <laughs> He slashed the kids and the babysitter. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about all I could do. This is really Jim's territory. Yeah. I am not going to trot upon it. I can't really do Michael McDonald. When I do Michael McDonald, it sounds more like a, a tiny Tim. See, I, I, like I'm a really good like I'm the guy who replaced the guy who replaced Jim Henson for Kermit. Uh, like, oh my god! You can tell there's a difference. But I can do a fairly decent Michael McDonald, but I'm not, I, out of respect for Jim, I'm not going to yeah. do the Michael McDonald thing. Or any Mickey Mouse after the 1970s. Oh, God. Yeah. Or Bugs Bunny since 1989. Since, yeah. yeah, for me, it's just tiptoe to the tulips too much. Side note, Joe, you, you own the Batman VHS when it came out, right? Oh, yeah, that, was the, was, that was the first VHS I owned. Okay. Do you remember that there was an ad for the WB um, movie club? Yes. On it, with Bugs Bunny and Donald Duck. Yeah. Or Daffy Duck, rather. Did you notice that they had recorded half of it after Mel Blanc had died? Not think that you back. mentioned it, no. Think back. There, it's, everything is perfect until, the, I think they had to change the address, or there was something they had to change, and it sounded, it, the, the voice. Well, uh, here's all you have to do, folks. Just send for this. Uh-oh. A new Warner Brothers catalog. Use it to order your Warner Brothers ball cap. And while you're at it, you can order stuff like T-shirts, posters, movie books, ties. That's neckties. It's all in the catalog, which you can get now by dialing this 900 number. You know what? I still have the VHS. Too. You're going to go back and watch that right that. now. I think it's right after the Diet Pepsi ad with Alfred going, ah. Oh. Uh-huh. I never noticed that. You have my phone number now, so I want you to text me the second go, Hello. Holy shit! I never noticed that! <laughs> if I can dig out my VHS player. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. Technicality, you know. Yeah. All right, so moving on, we're going to do a special Halloween-themed... Stupid! Stupid! All right, so... Halloween is obviously upon us. This is episode six of Halloween episodes. My God. Um, episode 90, our sixth Halloween episode. We have our sixth Christmas episode coming up pretty soon. Sweet. I can't believe I can't believe we have not run out of things to talk about yet. I was actually in the first Christmas episode. You were? Wasn't mm. in the first Halloween episode. No, you weren't. And in fact, I went back and listened to it, and I think our second Halloween episode was even better. Yeah. But when it was the, the Simpsons one... And the playlist, the playlist one, I think, is our oh, best yeah. one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hands down. Whenever we deal with music, it's always, it's, it's like our best episode ever. Mainly because like, <laughs> it can be saved in editing. And actually, just the other day, my uh, boss, Melissa, reminded me yet again that uh, Bobby Boris Pickett was from Somerville, Mass. What? Bobby Boris Pickett, the, the Monster Mash guy. Yeah. from Somerville, Massachusetts. Really? Where his boss was from. Um... In fact, it's the last thing before we get back to Stupid Stupid. Um, Todd in the Shadows did a full one-hit Wonderland on Bobby Boris Pickett and how essentially he made a career out of that fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, anyway, 
We're actually putting a topic to Halloween. We're actually going to have more of a discussion for this stupid, stupid. Though yeah. Normally, it's not. we couldn't come up with anything in pop culture, amazingly. Well, I came up with something, but Andy didn't think we should promote violence. I don't think we should promote violence, even against Michael uh, Michael Bay. Yeah. It'll happen. Oh, why not? It'll happen why eventually not? in its own good time, because uh, I, I'm, I, I'm, I believe in a God, and I'm I believe done. in a just and, and vengeful God. I'm done forgiving him. And you should have never forgiven him in the first place. I know. You know, the more the more rope you give that guy, it's just the longer he's going to end up hanging himself uh, with. So anyway, we are going to talk today about the Halloween candies that will drive you to murder. And not the good kind of murder. No, no, the bad kind of murder. Yeah, like... The... Why the fuck am, am I getting this candy? And yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so, I will be back. Joe, you're our guest. What Halloween candy drives you to murder? I... Hated Butterfingers when I was a kid. Oh my god, really? Oh, I hated I agree it with, with that passion. actually. All right, and I lived in a neighborhood in Acton where, for some reason, they must have colluded those bastards because <laughs> every other house had Butterfingers, and I was like, I mean, seventy-five percent of my bag would be Butterfingers. I was like, you, mother- you motherfuckers. I, I agree with that because I hated them with you, a passion. You pick one bite out of a Butterfingers and it fall apart. And it, yeah. it and the pieces that get in your mouth are stuck in your molars for Used. at least oh. for at least five months. I go I go to school the next day. My teeth will be all orange. Yeah, like, uh-huh. and now oh. I smoke. Yeah, exactly. Yo, <laughs> your own neighborhood. Yeah. Hey Joe, what, oh, you got the butterfingers. Well, you, yeah. butterfinger. okay. you know what? I got to admit, as an adult, I like butterfingers a lot more than when, like when I was a kid. Because eating too many butterfingers as a kid is like drinking too much eggnog at one time. It gives just gives you a fucking headache. No. You, know, you, you say that. When I was a kid, I hated the Hershey's Darks. Oh, oh I yeah, that's hated oh the my god. With a pass. Now, as I'm older, I love the Hershey's Darks. Dark chocolate as an adult is the greatest it, thing in the world. I like to I like to think of it as a, a sign of my maturing tastes. Yeah, that and red wine. It's like it's like okay, well, I'm 41 years old now, and I drink red wine and, and eat dark chocolate. Well, I'm a hipster douchebag first of all. <laughs> But at least I've got good taste. I got good taste. Now I just gotta wait for my ironic mustache to grow in. <laughs> All right, Where'd you go now. Oh, okay. Oh, you're you're, you're opening up the floodgates here because yeah, I had planned this epic rant, which, uh, by the way, I will be taking further next week on the Big Nez Show when I cover the best and worst candies to find in your uh, your trick or treat basket. Right now, the only thing I can think of is Necco wafers. So. Ooh. Yeah, Necco wafers is the one that you, if you get it, you yeah. instantly egg that house. I believe that they're. I didn't, co- I didn't eat it. I used it to, co- you know, color the asphalt. I believe <laughs> that those were coated in anthrax. In all honesty, because there was this white, but this one white unidentified powder on them. Is, aren't they made <laughs> the, in the, Revere? The, they are made in Revere. In no, fact, no. I parked it. Was it Revere or was no, it Cambridge? Cambridge? I used to when I used to work down the street from the Necco factory. In Cambridge, okay, it's next. To, it's down the street from MIT. Oh my god! Yeah, I remember because I was out one night and um, I stopped for Chinese food at the place next to the Necco wafer factory. Yeah, I parked directly underneath the sign. I'm like, Necco, oh you fuckers! <laughs> but they didn't call it. The sign doesn't say Necco. It no, says it's New England, England Confectionary. Confectionary yeah, or something, whatever Confectionary. You're not Willy Wonka. Yeah, <laughs> that's not licorice. That's not licorice flavor. Oh god, I don't know what that is. But chocolate. apparently, you, you how had, dare you call that chocolate? You had to kill an old lady for this. Oh. 
All right, so my my candy is the Chunky Bar. I love the Chunky Bar. Okay. I feel that the Chunky Bar is the greatest lie perpetuated on children. It is. I, all right, and I, you know what I did? I, 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 you know, out of the mouth of ba- mouths of babes. Um, yesterday, I was schooling my daughter on the different types of, of candy. I asked her what her favorite type of candy was. She just said, I like chocolate. And I'm like, well, yeah. what do you like? Do you like Milky Ways? Do you like Hershey Bars? She said, I like chocolate. I'm like, well, honey, let me explain this whole thing to you. And I went down the whole thing. You do realize that she's, I, she's, she's five. five. Yeah. She's five, yeah. Five years old, he's trying to explain the subtleties of chocolate. <laughs> I Well, I explained to her, okay, here, you start with the Hershey bar. Plain chocolate. Add, cra- add, add Krispies to it, it's a Crackle bar. Add Peanuts to it, it's a Mr. Good bar. Darken it up, it's a Special bar. Three Musketeers, you start with the Three Musketeers. Whip, Nougat, and Chocolate. Add Caramel, it's a Milky Way. Add Caramel... And peanuts, and it's the greatest candy bar ever made. The oh, Snickers yeah. bar, all right. Snickers. Then there is a chunky bar, and I asked her. I put it to her this way: Scarlet, what if you could have a big block of chocolate? Would you like that? Yeah. You think it'd be tasty? Yeah. But if it was, it was, it was, it was set up as four pieces, so you could break it off and eat it. Yeah. Then you bit into it, and you found raisins and fruit and nuts. And she went. And I'm like, yeah, that's how I felt when I first bit no. into that goddamn thing. There may it's as- a lie. It's- there may as well be tree bark and floor sweepings in that fucking thing. It is a fountain of chocolate and fruity goodness. It is wonderful and delicious. It's a lie. That's not how they pre- that's it's propaganda. That's not how they present it. It, it is presented as a big hunk of chocolate. It's a I, lie. I want a chunky bar right now, actually. Well. I- I'm getting the the. Well, why don't you head up to the Hess station afterwards, and you can? I'm sure you could get one. Right. You know, at least Alm, Almond Joy tells you what it is. Exactly, chunky. Oh, chunky! Um, hey, it's a big block of chocolate. Almond Joy, where I have to to actually sing the song to remember that that's not the one I like. Mounds don't. All right, here we go. Um, and this is coming from someone who loves bit of honey. And I'm convinced oh, I may bit of honey. Oh my god! I may actually. I'm trying to figure out exactly what what, what non-white um, ethnicity group loves bit of honey because I'm gonna I'm gonna fold into them. As a, as a Puerto Rican, I can tell you I don't like bit of honey. See, All right, so Puerto Ricans are out. All right, cool. Butterfingers, uh, you know, cake in your motor motors. Bit of honey pulls them out. <laughs> no, no, that's Charleston Chew. Nah, well, ooh, well, ooh. you got you got to keep the Charleston Chew in your pocket for about. Ten minutes. Okay. Then right. No, no. If you, if you bite into a frozen Charleston chew, you're going to break a molar. Yeah. If you try to chew it while it's soft, you're going to pull a molar. I have a love-hate relationship. Oh, actually, I have a love and skeeve relationship with Charleston chews. Why? Because, well, first of all, I love Charleston chews. And I love when they used to make flavors of Charleston chews, like strawberry and chocolate and all that. I used to love them frozen. And then I found out that my friend Tony, um, who, of course, had to brag about this, said that he used it as a sexual device on his girlfriend one night. And then I could never eat a frozen oh. Charleston chew ever again. Ew. Ew. Congratulations. Was... Enjoy that potato chip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, it cost my mom thousands of dollars in, in dental work, yeah, you know, they... with braces, but. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, boy. Chew. Yeah. Um, but nah, I, can't, I can't beat that now. Uh, I think I got something. All right. What do you got? Sweet tarts. That's, what kind of sweet tarts, though? Are you talking no. Smarties? Or are you talking like no, actual no, see, Wonka sweet tarts? Smarties, no, there's no tar- point to Smarties. Sweet tarts have that like the candy coat and candy shell on them. Yeah, yeah. sweet sweet tarts were only half right. It's not sweet. It's just tart. 
All right, I, I, I'm actually going because I know Wonka made sweet tarts. Yeah, Wonka sweet tarts. Yeah. All right, and those yeah, I kind of like those. But here's the thing: if if I had my choice between those and bottle caps, I went with the bottle caps oh, every yeah. goddamn time. Especially the root beer bottle cups because they had the little fizz in it. Well, they all had flavor to them. It was yes. that was the best part. They they successfully synthesized soda. Yeah. Instead of buying a soda, I could just eat candy and get just as much sugar. I don't know. I... Thank God I was a stupid kid. <laughs> Wonka is. I like half of their half of Wonka stuff. Their sweet stuff, I absolutely adore. Uh, their their tart stuff, not a big fan of, except for nerds. Nerds because they're so small. Yeah, I never it's, thought, it's, I never it's thought nerds were really that tart. I mean, I, well, they are a little bit tart, but they're just think, it's in and out. I think it depends on the flavor. Well, when I was eleven years old, that's when nerds came out, and it was a great idea. However, I'm pretty sure I almost choked to death every single time I ate them. That is like taking your life in your own hands. I'm 41 years old right now. I can't remember the last time I actually ate No, I ate them last year. <laughs> See, yeah, what we do is we have the... And I'm Joe, you've got small children as well. You have the parent tax, right? Oh, yeah. All right. I have brought mine up to Clinton-era levels. Oh, we tax the shit out of, uh, out of Scarlet in terms of, uh, of the candy that we, we take. Because she doesn't like peanuts. Snickers bars, Mr. Good bars, all mine. Right. Dude, share. Oh, I could do that. Yeah. But the problem is, is that it's all being taken out of the bag and, and consumed immediately. Oh. Because I'm a horrible person. Rat bastard. I know. I'm sorry. It, I don't save it. I just eat it. Yeah. I eat it in front of her, too. It's so good. Mm. Mm. I had a turkey pot pie in front of her yesterday. I can't believe you don't like this. It's delicious. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm an awful parent. Um. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? And here's the thing. And just think about you, this: your your daughter's not going to do this to your son. Oh yeah. Oh I oh, <laughs> oh, I know, I know, yeah. I know oh, yeah. my daughter's going to do it to my kid. My 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 son is like, hey. Here's a it's wonk- the circle of life. It's the circle of life. Here's a Wonka treat. Okay, just bringing that up real quick before we either go back to the round table or move on. Um, there was a Wonka treat that came out. Joe, you're pro- you're old enough to remember, Mike. I don't think you are. They made a jawbreaker called the watermelon. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. You could not fit that fucking thing in your nope. mouth. It was, here's the thing. But the thing it is, awesome. But you couldn't break it either. Oh, okay. yeah. You couldn't break it because if you did, it'd splinter. It'd like, it, it just, you'd have little, small little chunks and it just takes away the enjoyment. So well, you have to lick it? No, you try to shove that thing in your 10 year old mouth. And I, like, yeah, I, I've done things I'm not proud of. Exactly. <laughs> And my dad always became suspicious when I'd asked to use his tools, so. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, that was, it. but do you remember how good it tasted when you actually it got it? Oh, awesome, so good. Awesome. Those I mean, and dinosaur and thing, eggs. I mean, it really was called a jawbreaker because, one, you couldn't bite down on it to actually. You had to unhinge your jaw <laughs> to get it. And, and if it's, if, it, if you had it in your mouth long enough, your jaw would actually start to hurt. I think someone should sue Wonka because it's still called the Everlasting Gobstopper. Yeah, I understand that. But, you know, that's mired in as much litigation as the never-ending story. The, uh, you know, the false advertising for never-ending story. <laughs> they should just call it the Gobstopper, all right? Because it's no longer yeah. Everlasting. But dinosaur eggs, remember those? Yep. Those are like the mini versions of the watermelon. Oh, Oh boy! All right, I'm getting on. Any any other candies here that are driving people to murder? Hmm. You guys think about that. One? I got yeah. one. Fruit stripe gum. Again, yeah. the All second right. greatest lie perpetuated on, on, on unsuspecting youth. Because here's me taking. Ooh, this piece, this piece smells like lemon. Let me put it in my mouth. My God, that's fruit. 
and then it just turns into what the oatmeal refers to as just a mouthful of a ra- of pencil erasers. I'll one up you on gum. All right, Bazooka Joe. Oh God! Not Joe's- only was that 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 was like an exercise in, in self you know, in self torture. But the the thing with juicy fruit and fruit stripe is, it was thin enough that you could actually chew it. Yeah, and you may get maybe one, two chews if you're lucky of flavor. Out of yeah, it. Bazooka Joe was like having that watermelon in your mouth. You try to bite it, and again, you're gonna pull out a molar or break yeah. a molar, and then you only have two. two yeah, but two. And again, that thing was coated in anthrax as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and then to add insult to injury with the with bazooka, first of all, it was like five cents a piece. And those so comic of course, strips, they weren't even funny. <clears throat> the comic strips, yeah. So while I'm, you know, my teeth are falling out, and the roof of my mouth essentially looks like, um, you know, something out of Hellraiser. I'm getting lockjaw and tetanus because I'm trying to chew this thing. Now I'm reading terrible puns. Yeah. I'm amazed I never killed myself as a ten year old. Um, why? Why didn't they just like have you like? Suck down a lemon juice afterwards. Exactly. They, just, they, just, they offer you up an orangina afterwards. Yeah, have fun. Your mouth is all bloody. Drink this. It'll help you. The beverage of my past, orangina. Jesus Christ. No wonder MacGyver used bubble gum to, you know, exactly. to stick everything. But just not that. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I give up. I give up. Commies. Take me in. Take me in. Guess what, commies? You got it. You got the USA. <laughs> oh wait, wait. Enjoy ski. I got something. All right. Well, no, actually, not really Halloween candy, but have you ever opened up a pack of um, sports uh, sports cards and thought, hmm, I hope there's something to eat in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then guess what? Hey, a pink thing that possibly is edible, but it's also a, a lethal weapon. Oh my god! <laughs> I can use it as the flapper on my bike bike to make the motorcycle sound. <laughs> I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna ruin my cards, but I'm gonna use the gum. <laughs> I used to use it to cut boxes. Oh yeah. And again, coated in anthrax. Yeah. I swear what, to God, what is that white coating, anyways? Anthrax. I swear to God. Well, it's like on 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 candy cigarettes, gum. Exactly. Exactly. You know what? It's that dude from the seasonal witch. Huh? That's how he's going to kill all these children for, you know, some macabre Celtic celebration. You know, he's going to give them all gum. You know, <laughs> with anthrax. You know, it's, ama- it's amazing our generation does not go on a mass murdering spree with all the stuff we grew up oh, with. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. You know what? Maybe there was just enough in there that eventually someone's just going to, like, blow a little pan flute. And we're all just going to get all wide-eyed and start murdering people like the happening, you know? <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. All right, Jody, got anything else there? We are, we are ready to move on? All right, let's move on. Let's get away from Halloween for a moment because we've got a trailer park. We're going to be talking about the new Tom Hanks, Emma Thompson movie because we're adding some class up in this shit. Um, <laughs> Saving Mr. Banks. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we are beginning our descent into Los Angeles. Welcome, Mrs. P.L. Travers, to the City of Angels. It smells like... Jasmine. Chlorine. And sweat. <laughs> Introducing the creator of our beloved Mary. Poppins. Never ever just Mary. Now, where is Mr. Disney? She's here. Well, family travelers, you can't imagine how excited I am to finally meet you. Would you mind? My name is Mrs. Travers, Mr. Disney. Oh, Walt, now you gotta call me Walt. 20 years ago, I made a promise to my daughters that I would make your Mary Poppins fly off the pages of your books. I promise them, man. I know what he 
is going to do to her. She'll be cavorting and twinkling. She can't be the film unless you grant the rights. Damn. Now, let us begin. Room here. She has a lot of ideas. What kind of ideas? Constable's responsible. Now, how no, 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 does that no. sound? No, 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 no. Responsible is not a word. We made it up. Well, unmake it up. Okay, so Mike, what was the trivia piece that you just told me? This is actually the very first time that Walt Disney has been portrayed on film. Excellent, excellent. And I'm pretty sure that uh, he'll be an awesome anti-Semite union buster. Oh, so cynical. Oh, I know. I've read Walt Disney's biography, and they go out of their way to say, he was never an anti-Semite. Trust us, he was that union busting, sure. Did Did he not pay any of his workers? But he loved the Jews, okay? <laughs> Actually, if you uh, if you uh, mention this film to my friend John out in California, yep. she'll say he definitely looks more like Roy Disney. <laughs> Personally, I think he looks a little bit more like Walt, but eh, I can see where well, she's coming from. If anyone was well, ever going to... Walt, Walt Disney made Henry Ford look like a rabbi, okay? I mean, yeah, this true. Is, he was awful. He was, he was an awful human being. Well, who... think, I mean, he, he Walt Disney World and the whole Disney... He had Property he was. had very very specific ways he wanted his people to dress and look. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, white and gentile, right? Exactly. <laughs> Gee, like a camp, right, Mike? Did they take oh, showers at this? <laughs> I know, I know. I'm I, I'm a horrible human being right now, but um, yeah. I mean, you you bring that up, and again, I know I know Andy hates hates it, but Family Guy did a great thing where they had this segment of. Where they actually drew the characters like Walt Disney characters, uh-huh. like Disney characters, and they they sang this whole song. And my wife's friend, who's a huge Disney fan, I mean, incredibly like Disney everything. Well, what part of the songs? At the end, they mentioned how uh, the Jewish character from the the show comes in, and the character's like, "That's it, we're done, we're out of here, no more." <laughs> and she was so offended by that because just just. Tangential reference to Walt <laughs> Disney was just put her off. Oh wow! So, so people, you know, Disney people are very defensive about Walt Disney, and oh no, of course they are. I will say though, I really do want to see this movie though. I do too. I mean, I like I like everybody involved with it. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a fine movie. Um, yeah. It's actually true. I mean, they're not pulling any punches. So, um, P.L. Travers hated <laughs> Mary Poppins yeah. the movie. So so what's so what's going to be the bigger Oscar bait for Tom Hanks? This or Captain Phillips? Both, both. Yeah. He's ever, they're putting him in as supporting for this mm-hmm. and lead for Captain Phillips, uh, which so, by the way sounds like off-brand rum. <laughs> I'm drinking Captain Phillips. I'm drinking a Captain Coke, Captain Morgan. No, Captain Phillips. It'll get you drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a couple weeks ago. A, a couple weeks ago, during um, Talk Like a Pirate Day, yep. friend of the show, Kevin Marshall, uh, brought up that, hey, it's Talk Like a Pirate Day. So if I shove a machine gun in your face and start talking Somali, it's just part of the holiday. <laughs> Very true. Very yeah. True. This should be fine. I, I actually like that... Um, who is it playing the Sherman Brothers? It's Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman and uh, BJ Novak. Yeah. So that should be fine. And then um, then there's like the whole, oh, daddy didn't love me. Yeah. And that that's uh, Colin Firth playing the daddy. Colin who Farrell. Didn't love, Colin Farrell. Oh, yeah, that's right. Colin Not Colin Farrell. Firth. 
Because it only would have been better if Colin Firth was in there. Just saying. Colin Farrell? Colin Farrell, an Irishman playing an Australian. Not the craziest thing to happen. Yeah, exactly. Most of the the great Australian actors that we know, everyone thinks they're British. Jeffrey Rush, Kate Blanchett. The Hemsworth brothers. The Hemsworth, yeah, exactly. Chris Hemsworth, actually. I don't know about Liam. (laughs) Yeah, so they were totally born on different continents. But, um... Why can't I remember his name? Wolverine. Oh, uh, Hugh Jackman. Everyone knows he's Australian. Right. Yeah, but he makes a point. I mean, he makes a point of his point. He was in a movie called Australia. Yeah. Or as I like to call it, Australia. (laughs) Australia, Australia, Australia. We love you, amen. You know what? You know what, though? I think he's one. He and Mel Gibson are one of the few actors that actually speak naturally in the Australian act. Accent. Yeah. Uh, except Mel Gibson hides it every chance he gets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it, like Chris Hemsworth, he he he's, he tries to speak more like with a British accent than an English than an Australian. Well, accent. he has to. He's friggin' Thor for God's sakes, you know. Which which is kind of odd because he should speak with a Norse. Hello, I'm, my name is Thor. I will and bring, the to Thunder. <laughs> I will bring my hammer down upon you. <laughs> All right. So he should, he should um, go to Milwaukee. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our shills. Uh, Joe, as the guest, you get to go first. All right, I am showing a uh, show on NBC called The Blacklist with right. James Spader. How is that? It is very enjoyable. Um, basically, the premise is uh, James Spader plays, the best way I can describe it is a criminal concierge. Um, he used to be a, a naval officer who dropped out of, out of sight. And for 20 years, he was basically was helping criminals do their, you know, do their, their legal activity. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he comes back out of, he, he crawls out of the woodwork and decides to help the FBI um, with a kidnap plot. And he <laughs> involves this, uh, this uh, the FBI uh, not, uh, hostage negotiator who's starting her first day on the job as a negotiator. <laughs> and, or, I'm sorry, profiler. She's an FBI profiler. And you think, well, she has absolutely nothing to do with this guy. She has no connection whatsoever. And so far, you're finding out that he knows more about her than she she realizes. Mm. And there's things about her life that she doesn't know is going on. All right. So mm. it's so far, it's good. I mean, James Spader does a great job. It's kind of a smarmy, kind of, you know, kind of skeevy. It all leads to Ultron, it, Joe. It all, it all, it all leads to Ultron. Oh, they're getting mocap for him, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be more, more than just a voice. And, consider, mean, and considering what, how James Spader is aged, God knows they'll be using face Yeah, this, is, yeah this, isn't the, this isn't the same guy from Bright Lights, Big City. Oh, right? God, no. No. No, so... Or, uh, less than zero. Less than zero, <laughs> pretty in pink. Yeah. Um, anything that, that required him to wear a sport jacket and, a, you know, a, a wide-open button-down shirt and have a cigarette dangling out of his mouth. And Gremlins, oh, wait, no, that was Judge Reinhold. No, yep. this, is, this, is, this is definitely more, uh, uh, James Spader from The Practice. All right. All right. What do you got? I got Lego Marvel Super Heroes, the video game. Oh. Are they doing the voices on this one? Yes. Um, yes. Uh, they got. Mm-hmm. They actually got a lot of. I mean, a lot of well-known voice actors. Like, All right. Um, like, oh, what's his name? Nolan. Uh, Nathan Nolan. Okay. He did the voice of uh, the main character Drake and um, Nathan Drake and uh, Uncharted. Nathan, and, yeah, and he did the voice. He did the voice of Deadpool in a few in a few cartoons. I think. All right. He's actually doing the de- voice of Deadpool in this one. Hmm. So they got a lot of really really well-known voice actors. I. 
Joe, you made the same face that I did. I'm not a big fan of the added voices like, on Lego games. I, I love like the, Lego games. Like the Star Wars, the Lego Star Wars, it were great because they didn't have any voice. You know, right. there was no voice, and you just kind of heard the the, the, the squeaks. Lord the, of the Rings really threw me. Yeah, Lord, it re- Lord of the Rings was interesting because they couldn't. They, they were limited in how much humor they did because yeah. they didn't write the dialogue. Right. With this one in Lego Batman, they're writing all the dialogue, so they you know they've got their own little humor bits in there. Like, um, I, I, I played the uh, level, a level where it takes place in Grand Central Station. Yeah. You have to fight against uh, Abomination and then Sandman. Okay. And they have Sandman as pretty much kind of an idiot because he's got <laughs> sand for brains. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, all right. So for me, my shill is the, uh, the Fox show Brooklyn Nine-Nine with Andy Samberg and Andre Brower. Um, don't get me wrong. I love Agents of Shield, but I really, really dig in Brooklyn Nine Nine. This could have this could have easily been the stupidest show on TV, but they've got a good set of writers. It's the same um, produce production staff that does Parks and Rec. Okay, and it's just some brilliant stuff. Very very funny. They 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 do throw it a flashback every once in a while, but all the characters have you know their their own likable arrogance to them. And Joe Latrulio's in it. He's just playing hapless, which, if you've ever seen Joe Latrulio on The State, he's... The State, oh my the god. State, man. yeah. Yep. Founder of Jeet Kune Do, wave a fist. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it is, a, it is just a brilliant show. And, you know, getting back to the whole Seth MacFarlane thing, it comes in right after Dad's, which I'm shocked is still on the air. Because, you know, stereotypical Spanish maids and... And Japanese girls in uh, anime outfits. Let me get told. Well, yeah, no. I, I think uh, I think the studios owe Seth Green some money or something like that. Well, they obviously don't owe Giovanni Ribisi any money. No. Maybe they might owe him a cheeseburger, though. Have you seen the like his <laughs> head to body per, uh, ratio lately? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Martin Mull is aged better than he has. <laughs> So anyway, uh, Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, this thank was, you for having me. Yeah, not a problem. Thanks for coming in the last minute, too. I hope yeah. uh, I hope Diane's not going to be mad at us for keeping you late. Nah. All right, awesome, awesome. So next time, we are going to be talking... Uh, this has been an episode that's been gestating in my mind for like a year. We're finally doing it because, well, we're coming up on that dark season it's between Halloween and, and Christmas where, other than having to get those episodes out of the way, we were pretty much free-range. We are in Etch-A-Sketch right now. It's the dark season that includes Thanksgiving. Yes, exactly. But let's be honest. Unless we're going to dedicate an entire episode to planes, trains, and automobiles or the Jodie Foster uh, movie. Yeah, uh, we just did. Yeah, I know that. I know that. You didn't let me finish. My God. Anyway, what we're going to be talking about, we're going to go to t- the genre of TV, and we're going to discuss the top, uh, the top ca- characters of TV sitcoms and comedies. Over the last 30 years, so 1983 and beyond. I'm going to include the entire cast of Arrested Development. Okay, the entire cast as one as one character. Yeah, one big entity. Okay, and I understand that we'll see a lot of Sheldon Cooper and you're just doing it to irk me. And so, Ed Bundy. Oh, God. Ed Bundy? Oh, God. I mean Al Bundy. Al Bundy. Oh, Al Ed O'Neill. Al Bundy, Bundy. Hell yeah. Ed O'Neill as Ed Bundy. Uh, Bundy. Oh, my God. Now you got me doing it. <laughs> Jesus. Al Bundy. All right. <laughs> so if you want to get in on this sweet, sweet action, because I think we're going to do it as, as, as like a voting poll. Al, let's have sex. No pig. Flush. <laughs> 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 
All right, so I think we're gonna, we're going to do this kind of like we do with our superhero movies and stuff like that. You 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 put it in, most mentions wins. Yeah, and we'll just rank it that way. We'll probably do twenty five for time's sake. Uh, but if you want to get on that sweet sweet action, you get to us on our Facebook page, Geek Salad Podcast. You can like us and follow us on Twitter at Geek Salad Radio. Oh, by the way, Joe, do you want to throw us your uh, your Twitter handle for followers? Yeah, my Twitter is at Joe Andrews Roman numeral three. By the way, you said it, you said it kind of wrong. Do you want to get in this sweet sweet action? Mm. <laughs> You can also email us at geeksalad at yahoo.com. Venus flytrap over here. Oh, God. <laughs> you can check out our archive at the iTunes store or the Stitcher app, even though, oh, my God, I cannot get that goddamn episode. Episode 89, I made a big mistake. He uploaded the non-edited feed first. Yeah, that's, that would explain why I had, I had like, an half hour of dead air yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, like, it's my it was my fault because it took me four days like four separate days to edit the show and i'm watching the alcs while i'm doing it i'm, I'm expect i'm expecting like a marvel cutting or something to well, what ended up happening was i um yeah the 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 raw episode and the completed episode have the same file name ep89 and I just grabbed the wrong one. Now, we, we got it fixed on the website. Yep. We got it fixed through iTunes. I mean, yeah, there are three different versions of the, of the show yeah. to listen to. Yeah. Stitcher will not fix it. I don't know what I got to do. I've been trying and trying and trying. I even, like, just added it again, and they still haven't fixed it yet. Now you fucked up. Now you fucked up. Yeah, he, so, he deleted the old feed. And, but Stitcher's got still got the uh, the original feed on uploaded, there. Yeah. So, and this is this brings us into our website. If you really want to get the best of the archives, go to www.geeksalad.podbean.com slash mobile. Or you, if you're on a mobile device, slash mobile. Yep. If you're not, don't bother. Yep. But you can check out the entire thing. The player is included with the website. Yep. So definitely check out episode eighty nine and it's it's edited goodness. Yeah. Unless you really want to see us be unprofessional, pull back the the uh, curtain for what exactly goes on, including when I lost my place with Mike's uh, yeah with Mike's list and we spent five minutes looking for it. And just you know, we we set a set recorded time of like about two hours to record these in, and then the end the ending that we don't. App put voices in shows up. It's all dead air. It's all dead air. So that's what Joe was experiencing. Yes, I was. So anyway, uh, please, we want to know what your favorite uh, TV comedy characters are. So again, you get all you got all the information. And until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike, and I'm Joe. Go forth and be nerdful. We will talk to you later. How do you feel? I feel randy, baby, yeah! Wait, whoa! Ow! 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 Ow!